0: This is the Tuesday, March 29th edition of the Daily Wager podcast. We've got you covered with a variety of action for this evening, so settle in and we'll set you up in about 10 minutes with everything you need to know heading into the betting day. Welcome to the Daily Wager Podcast, presented by DraftKings, America's top rated daily fantasy app. Tyler Folgerman, Aaron Dolan with you on this Tuesday. Appreciate you dropping in on the DW Podcast. Hopefully, we can give you some winners for this evening. Uh, Aaron, pretty much only the NBA slate to look at, and mm-hmm. it's not an overly robust one. We got five games on the slate. I think. Um, One game that is probably the uh, highest on the marquee, though, taking place in the Eastern Conference between your Philadelphia 76ers and the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo, coming to town. Philadelphia is a one-point home favorite. At Wells Fargo, a total of 232 for this crucial Eastern Conference mm-hmm. matchup for seeding in that conference. Or in that uh, conference, as the uh, season comes to an end here, how are you looking to play this one? Because uh, obviously, the uh, market is expecting it to be a, a tightly contested game with the Sixers just a one-point home favorite.
1: Yeah, I mean the first thing I've noticed, I'm definitely going to play a player prop but before I get there. I just wanted to mention that this total opened 227 and a half and it continues to be bet up. I'm not looking to play the spread. I think it's a little bit too close. And to be honest, when I'm watching the Sixers team, which is quite frankly because I'm a fan, I'm a little surprised they are even like favored in this one. So the Bucks I. are the better the, the Bucks are a better team here. So, both of them are coming off pretty uh, tough losses as well, but The one thing I would say is I'm looking at Joel Embiid over 41.5 points and rebounds. I gave this out earlier today. He's averaging 30 points, 11 boards on the season, but against Milwaukee in the last game, he had 42 points and 14 boards, and I don't really always go to the most recent matchups and think, oh, since he went off, he can definitely go off again. I just think that the one important note for this game is that Milwaukee plays at such a fast pace. They're right behind the Memphis Grizzlies in the last 15 games, and Philly, if they want to be successful, they have to get out running, and they have to get out in transition. This is something Joel Embiid talked about after that loss against the Suns. They know this is a problem. They know they're playing too slow, and I think that the Milwaukee Bucks could force them to play at that faster pace. The last time these two teams met as well, that total hit 143, so maybe that's why, um, you know, Milwaukee's pace had kind of picked it up for the Sixers as well, but I just think playing player props in this one. Uh, I feel a little bit more comfortable than looking at the spread in total.
0: All right. We'll get to your player props in just a second. I am on the Milwaukee side. Um, I did some digging and the Bucks have won mm-hmm. six of the last seven meetings between these two teams. Obviously context is needed there because the Philadelphia roster is so much more different than uh, it, mm-hmm. it was for the bulk of those having uh, gotten rid of guys like Seth Curry and Ben Simmons bringing in James Harden. But when I think about the 76ers the past couple of years, I think when they had been Simmons and Seth Curry and they were healthy and, you know, out there playing, they were better than they are currently constructed. Not that the ceiling mm-hmm. uh, isn't better, but like, I still think there is a a period here where James Harden's trying to figure out how he fits with Joel Embiid. I mean, I the agree. Sixers over their last 10 games are just three and seven ATS at home. So they haven't been a world beater at home uh, like they were when they had Embiid, Simmons, and Curry, and Tobias Harris yep. playing at their best over the last few years. So Milwaukee and Philadelphia are tied with the exact same record. Uh, Milwaukee can, you know, with whoever wins this game is going to jump into the two-spot in the Eastern Conference, which would be, I think, just a half game behind Boston. So we know mm-hmm. this game means something to the Bucks. Giannis, his player props are posted. I'm expecting him to play. And like I said, the last – Six of the last seven times that they've played each other, Milwaukee has won this game. And I think Milwaukee's getting to that point in the season now where they're starting to flip the, squi- flip the switch for the um, postseason. Mm-hmm. Brooke Lopez is back in the lineup. So I think they go big game hunting here. I think they win the game. But if you're going to give me a point, I'll go ahead and take it. I'll even play them on the money line as well just to get a little better return on investment. But I do think this is a spot where the Bucks give us a good effort and, and prove that they are the superior team uh, when both teams play at their best. So that's the way I'm looking at it. Uh, the total I'm going to stay away from since it has moved so much, but uh, I, I definitely loved it when it was under 230. Um, now that it's over 230, uh, not quite as attractive. What are those player props, Aaron, that you were discussing that interest you in this matchup?
1: Well, the player prop was the Embiid one, just the over 41 and okay. half points and rebounds. But I, I just to kind of go off of what you were saying, I, I completely agree. It feels like the Sixers it's, it's tough when you get a player like James Harden into the mix that late into the season. I almost felt like they were better when they did have Andre Drummond and Seth Curry in ways. <laughs> I kind of liked what I was seeing more from them in terms of that. It's just, it is tough at that point of the season to kind of, you know, add in a player like him and try to be successful. Yep. I mean, obviously, you think on paper, oh, this is a much better thing for the Sixers, but they definitely have struggled somewhat.
0: Yeah, and uh, your buddy, our buddy Joe, he also likes the Bucs, uh, but he's kind of a mm-hmm. self loathing uh, Philly fan. He <laughs> is always expecting the worst um, yes. as a little bit older and more jaded uh, Philly fan. Uh, my player prop is Giannis, over 47.5 points, assists, and rebounds. You get plus 105 as the price on that. I did some digging into Giannis's career averages versus Philadelphia relative to the rest of the league, and his career averages in 27 games against the 76ers or 23.3 points per game, 11.2 rebounds per game and 5.4 assists per game. That of course doesn't add up to 47 and a half, but you know the first 3 or 4 years he was not the Giannis we know now as maybe the best player in the entire world. What does stand out to me though is that that's his fifth highest points per game average versus any team, his second highest rebound per game average versus any team and his highest assist per game average versus any team. I think Giannis just shows up when he sees him beat and says, "Listen, this is another guy who Thinks he's one of the best in the world. I know I'm one of the best in the world. Mm-hmm. He raises his game. He brings it against the uh, Sixers, and it's usually helped the Bucks. As I said, they've won six of the last seven against these boys. So I'm expecting Giannis to show up in a big way because these two are right in the middle of that MVP race along with Nikola Jokic. I think Giannis comes to a play. Um, so I think you have a big box score, 30 points, you know, 14, mm-hmm. 15 rebounds, five or six assists from Giannis in this one. That is what I'm expecting, and I love that even more with the total increasing the way it has that means we should see more possessions more opportunities for points rebounds and assists all right the other nba game worth looking at uh only because of one team really the lakers probably uh, avert your eyes with what they're doing these mm-hmm. days but the mavericks are hosting la and dallas we know the lakers are teetering on the brink of falling out of play-in contention uh this will be a nationally televised game with luca on one side We know Anthony Davis is not available, and LeBron, I think, is in serious question of missing this game. Um, So how are you looking at the Mavs and the Lakers tonight, Darren?
1: Yeah, I feel like when you see the word Mavericks, you just think under. So I was looking at which part of the line I would want to go under. Now it's interesting because this did open 218. It continues to be bet up, meaning the end total. But I was looking at maybe taking the Mavericks team total at 115.5. I was trying to think. You know, maybe just go under that considering they've only hit over that number once in the last 16 games and against the Lakers are averaging 106.5 points. But of course, you have to factor in, okay, well, LeBron James is obviously questionable for obvious reasons. No Anthony Davis. Nobody else is really going to put up that big of a fight. So will they be able to soar over this? That's kind of the way you have to think. Mm-hmm. I still always, with the Mavericks, though, lean under no matter what because they play at the slowest pace in the league. That's not going to change suddenly against you know a terrible defense. They play terrible defenses all the time and they still hit under this number. So I think with the Mavericks, it's always important to go with unders.
0: I agree wholeheartedly. I I'm more comfortable isolating the Lakers side, but you're absolutely right about Dallas. Dallas is not going to need to score 116 points to win this game. You know, they are as you mentioned, 30th in pace, tied for 6th in defensive rating. I actually discovered that their pace is slower since the all star break, than it was before the all star wow. break, and then it was glacier pace before the all star break, so they're slowing down as the season goes deeper. Um, I'm gonna play the game under 218 or 219. I'm gonna play the Lakers team total under 103 and a half. Uh, and obviously, the big reason is without LeBron James, we know this offense just absolutely craters. Uh, with LeBron James on the floor this season, the Lakers have a very respectable 111 offensive rating with LeBron James off the floor this season. It's a 104.6 offensive rating. So they essentially turn into the Oklahoma City Thunder or the Detroit Pistons before the Pistons uh, kind of became respectable. So if LeBron doesn't play, which it, all indications are making it appear so, I have mm-hmm. a hard time thinking the Lakers score 100 points in this game with just Russell Westbrook and a bunch of Austin Reeves, Wenyan Gabriels, and uh, the like around him. So yeah. Dallas this season, when they're at home, they're 28, 9, and 1 to the under. That's obviously the h- highest under percentage at home in the NBA yeah. this season. They play slow. They play great defense. They don't need to score a lot, and they don't allow their opponents to score a lot. So, uh, given the circumstances of this game, mm-hmm. unders all across the board, I think we're on the same page there. All right. The three other games, I'll let you pick and choose what you like from any of those. You got Bulls visiting the Wizards. You got the Pistons aforementioned yeah. in Brooklyn, where the Nets will have Kyrie Irving, of course, and they're laying 14 with Kyrie and KD at home against the Pistons. And then there's a decent one out West with the Clippers hosting the jazz. Paul George Mm -hmm. appears likely to return for that game for the first time in a long time. So uh, any of those three games have plays that you want to share with the people?
1: Yeah, I'm looking at uh, Pistons nets now. I kind of just think off, this is, of course, off kind of a gut feeling as well. But Kyrie Irving should go off in this game, considering he played so terribly against Charlotte, he went six for 22 from the field, one for nine from the three point uh, range. He had 16 points in that game. His player prop right now is listed at 24 and a half last game, his first home game, which was against Charlotte, which is a mediocre defense. Pistons defense just as bad. His player prop was at 27 and a half. So I I do like the over 24 and a half for Kyrie Irving tonight. I think he has to probably silence a lot of people in Barclays Center. Um, (laughs) But I do like that one as well as the Nets defense in the last 15 games. It's been pretty good in terms of opponent rebounding ranked sixth. Opponent field goal percentage ranked 13th. But when you look at opponent three-point percentage, they're ranked 29th. So I wanted to look at the Detroit Pistons' made threes. I looked at Cade Cunningham and Sadiq Bay. Cade Cunningham's averaging 4.5 made threes in two games against Brooklyn. Meanwhile, Sadiq Bay in three games has gone three for 14. Now, I will say with Cade Cunningham, there's been a few times I've made him his best bet, and he didn't end up playing. So I'm a little concerned about that. I've seen it drop from two and a half made threes to one and a half made threes. And I've been seeing on you know certain books, there's markets where it's one plus made three, two plus made three, three plus made threes. And mm-hmm. he's taken off of all of those. So just keep that in mind. I don't know if something fishy is going on there or if the hmm. folks are right now just reconfiguring things, but things to keep in mind.
0: Yeah, that is a uh, good information. Um, it, if Kate Cunningham plays, I love the Pistons. 14 yes. points uh, against the Nets at home. I'm willing to, you know, take that two touchdown head start on the, uh, 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 on the scoreboard. Brooklyn, again, people think, Oh, Kyrie Irving's back. You know, they're a different team. They're at under 500 team when Kyrie and, and, or when Kyrie plays this season and KD has missed a few of those games where it's been just Kyrie, but like, even when Kyrie and KD are together, they're not blowing teams out of the water. They've been pretty mediocre. So I'll take the Pistons plus 14. Brooklyn is eight 27 and one ATS at home this season. That is the worst in the NBA, not the magic, mm-hmm. not the Oklahoma city thunder. The Brooklyn nets are the worst covered team at home. And it's by a significant margin. They're not even in real life a good home team. Aaron, they're 16 and 20 straight up at home. They're four games under 500 at Barkley Center. Meanwhile, the Pistons have turned into one of the better cover teams in the NBA this season because they've been on an absolute blitz the last like three or four weeks. They're 38, 29, and two ATS in the underdog role this season. That's the sixth best cover rate when they're catching points. And that's because over the last like 15, 16 games, they've covered or pushed every single game Mm. as an underdog they are, they have gotten so much better than what they were the first two or three months of the season. And I don't know if people notice because it's the Detroit Pistons, but Cade Cunningham has been balling. Sadiq Bay has grown. Uh, Marvin Bagley, who was traded there from Sacramento has given them good minutes. They're a competent basketball team. Now are they as good as the nets? No, but if you're giving me 14 points, I think this spread should be closer to like eight or nine. Mm-hmm. I think you're getting wild value here on the Pistons. Um, but that's just what the Nets, what the market is anticipating. The general public is going to think about the Nets. Oh, they got Kyrie at home now. They're going to blow the Pistons out of the water. I don't think that's the case. So I'll take those 14 and run with it with the Pistons. One player prop I wanted to mention is uh Nikola Vucevic, the big man for the Chicago Bulls. I'm going to play his rebound total over 10 and a half at even money against the Washington Wizards. The Wizards absolutely struggle to contain capable bigs. Vucevic is averaging. 13 rebounds per game versus Washington this season. He's played them twice, had 14 in one, had 12 in the other. That of course would clear this threshold of 10 and a half. He also has uh, you know, scored pretty well. I think averaging 19 points per game in the two that he's played Washington, but usually uh big men have nice box scores against the Washington Wizards and I would expect that tonight for the Bulls as they try and keep pace in the Eastern conference after slipping a little bit recently, even though they played uh, last night, a tough game against the New York Knicks. So uh, don't have much about that uh, LA Clippers jazz game. The jazz are struggling. The Clippers are now bringing back Paul George. So there's too many kind of variables there for me to get a good grip on that handicapping. But uh, that's how I'm kind of looking at the NBA slate myself tonight. Anything else nice. worth mentioning or. No, that's a wrap. All that's right. A A wrap. <laughs> uh, Tyler Folger Aaron Dolan, a little more than 10 minutes of the bets you need, as promised, all in the NBA tonight. Hope you enjoyed when we get on the mic here together. Please do us a favor and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, follow. If you enjoy the show, it helps us out tremendously and makes life easier for you to find each and every day the Daily Wager podcast where you can get these winning bets. Just a little housekeeping for those who like to watch us on uh, TV. We are on 30 minutes early today. Daily Wager will be on from 230 uh p.m or sorry 5 30 p.m eastern 2 30 p.m pacific so we're on 30 minutes early still our show but uh set your dvrs or get home or get in front of that tv on espn 2 30 minutes early today tuesday edition of the daily wager show on espn 2 is five thirty eastern 2 30 p.m pacific that'll do it enjoy good luck tonight and we'll talk to you tomorrow on the daily wager podcast